When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ doing good on this Saturday afternoon, currently watching White Sox and Yankees, uh, DJ LeMahieu, nice little grand slam in the second inning, uh, nasty Nestor struggling a little bit, but we still got him a nice three run lead here, uh, things are, things are looking good, LJ, how you doing? All right, you know, busy day, um, every day's busy, but. We find a way I got to sleep in, which was nice for once, and we're, we're vibing. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to describe it. All right, so Brandon, let's start off with the big uh, piece off the top here, and that is uh, another of the very quick uh, crew of call-ups that we've had of late. As you know, you're getting Matthew Libertor starts today. You had his buddy start yesterday at second base for the Cardinals as well. And now we get one of the top prospects, I believe, is it MLB.com's top prospect? Yes. Adley Rutschman, switch, a switch hitting 6-2 catcher for the Baltimore Orioles will make his debut today. Brandon, this is a big, this is a big step for the Orioles moving him, him on in. Yeah, this is the guy that really since the very start of this show, when we, uh, heading into the 2021 season when we went through all 30 teams and um, we brought on Connor Newcomb from the Lockdown Orioles podcast and we basically asked him like how good is Adley Rutschman like is this guy a franchise player for you and he overwhelmingly was saying yes like this is this is this guy's a stud he's proven it in the minors um, and LJ I saw some people 
ranking him in like the top 15 of catchers just based on ability and he hasn't even played a game yet like this and, and like this was prior to the season um he's that good defensively we saw in college uh how good he was on the offensive side of the ball and um just such an electric player that uh is really fun to watch i mean a switch hitting catcher you don't see that very often yeah and you know you're talking about a guy who i mean certainly the offensive skills are there he's gonna be a plus power plus fielding guy but what really excites you is the eye because that's something that i think you can see on all levels most of the time like if a guy's gonna have like if he's gonna be that good in terms of limiting his strikeouts increasing his walks he's going to be able to do that in the minors the same as he's going to be able to in the majors or close to it because you know it's it's not something about how hard the ball is being thrown it's about you being disciplined and you um you know, without training your eye and this is a guy who's been consistently 13 percent or higher walk rate through his entire minor league career this is a guy who hasn't gone above 20 percent strikeout rate in his career, and it's even lower this year. He's got 12 games in AAA this year, 13% walk rate, 11% strikeout rate. That's that. It's it's awesome. This is a this is a 500 on base guy on, on the other levels over the last couple of years. Yeah, and it's really interesting because looking back on it, I've read a few articles, of course. Rutschman was the first pick of the 2019 uh, draft, first overall pick of that draft. And the Orioles, LJ, were actually debating heavily between Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, Andrew Vaughn. And, you know, Andrew Vaughn is a legit player on the White Sox now. Bobby Witt really starting to turn it around. He had a great week last week. And now you have Adley Rutschman. So, Great scouting, I guess, by them that, you know, they saw three guys that, and of course, all three end up going very high, but that was their three options, and they chose just a good one out of the three studs. And it's, it's comforting, too, to the know the fact that these, both these guys have, like, the other options you had certainly weren't bad options. You knew what you were doing here, and yet still your option looks like they're going to be the best option of the bunch. I mean, he's consistently been higher than Bobby Witt on most lists. Andrew Vaughn gets up a little earlier than all of those guys and gets established time. This is just, yeah, he could really, the, the very fact that he is in the conversation of being regarded so highly over the guys that he almost was, like the guys he was chosen over who've already made names for themselves shows that he's going he's gonna to have a fast track to building that name himself. And, you know, you look at the 2019 draft, um, and this could be a really good draft class, LJ. Uh, you're talking about some guys that have already gotten called up. Um, we mentioned Bobby Witt, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, you're talking about C.J. Abrams from the Padres, Riley Green on the Tigers. How about Alec Manoa? He was the 11th overall pick. He's been dealing so far this year. Uh, Bryson Stott, who we talked about a lot with Matt of VC when we broke down the Phillies. Uh, George Kirby uh, on the Mariners. And I know that he did hit the IL. Is that right, LJ? Uh, that sounds correct. Um, but still, a good young arm there. Um, 
just a really, don't, really... Don't forget about Nick Lodolo's in there, too, isn't Nick, it? Yeah, Nick Lodolo. You're talking Anthony Volpe for the Yankees, who's been shooting up the prospect lists. Um, the 2019 draft could end up being one of the strongest in recent memory. Bryson Stott, I believe, would be in there as well, if I'm yeah. remembering off the top of my head. I know we're just kind of naming guys now, but again, you're this is just we don't have this many hits this quickly most of the time. Right. I mean, and the guy of the guys that haven't gotten up, they're still players that really either are like right on the precipice or like soon will be like, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of bad picks in this group, which it always feels like we end up seeing a lot of guys that's like, Oh, he, he's not going to work out. I mean, um, J.J. Bleday, still a lot of people are are on him. Bryson Stott's going to be great. Corbin Carroll, um, these are guys that, like, yes, he gets a lot less big name in the back half of that first round, but at least how often do we see that many hits in a draft? You're right. This is just it, it doesn't have to be for the MLB, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be a bunch of all-stars getting picked, but to have this many hits in a draft is – Odd. And LJ, two more names I just found just by scrolling down the list a little here. Uh, Ryan Pepio for the Dodgers. He was the 100th and 2nd overall pick in the draft. And Matt Brash, who was Mm. actually picked by the Padres. Um, You know, you're talking about a loaded, you know, just overall class, especially the, the pitching. This 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 pitching could turn out a lot of solid arms here. I mean, I already mentioned Alec Manoa, Pepio, Brash, George Kirby, Lodolo, just so many names. Imagine if Jack Leiter was in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, um, he, he's in here, uh, what is it, 20th round? Um, yeah, 20th round. It's just, it's interesting. Another thing to note here is the fact that, like, there's a lot of guys that, are going to break out that we don't even know these names two, three years from now. We're in 2022. This is the June 2019 draft. This is the early portion. Like we're seeing a lot of guys coming up in the early portion of when they'd be ready. There's plenty of the guys that, that signed as 18 year olds that you're really not going to see till 24, 25. There's a lot of guys that are going to break out in their late twenties, early thirties. And have yes shorter times but there's still going to be plenty of guys we look at this five years from now we're going to be talking about the 2019 draft all over again with a completely different group of guys that are coming up out of it absolutely well i think we did a good enough job uh talking about adley rutschman um let's get into some of the stuff that happened in the games yesterday um actually quite a bit of entertaining uh, games that we had um i think we should start LJ, do do we want to stick with the orioles i think because that was the longest game of the season orioles and rays um they end up going 13 innings lj i don't think another game went that has gone that long this year right no i i think time of play we're probably close i mean four hours and 22 minutes there's got to be something that have gone, that's gone that long yeah. But I can't remember any 13-inning games so far. And 
the game is capped off, so we so we get to extras. They trade runs in the tenth. The the teams trade two runs apiece in the tenth, one run apiece in the eleventh. Um, for the twelfth inning, the Orioles bring out Nick Vespi. LJ, I'm sure you've never heard of this guy before. Making Actually, his I ma- have. <laughs> making his major league debut, Nick Vespi, uh, 26 years old. Pitches a clean inning in the in the top of the twelfth. Orioles fail to score in the bottom of the twelfth. We get to the top of the thirteenth. Is pitching a clean inning. They intentionally walk Randy Arozarena. Kevin Kiermeyer rips a single into left field. Wander Franker, Wander Franco is the ghost runner on second base, or sorry, the Manfred runner on second base. Wander, so the ball's hit into shallow left field. They send Wander. He's running home to the plate. Um, and for whatever reason, so the throw beats him, and he has the genius idea of not sliding um, and just trying to run straight through home plate. Um, he gets tagged. The ump goes safe. Orioles challenge it. Wander clearly out. Um, had he slid, he would have been safe. The Orioles uh, end up probably losing because they would have been down at that point regardless Rays get no runs out of it inning ending uh, out at home by Franco skip to the bottom of the 13th Rugnet Odor two run home run walk it off Orioles with a walk off homer on back to back days Uh, and now they got Adley Rutschman coming up so certainly a good three days for the Baltimore Orioles franchise it's a good three days Got a point here to make. I know we just hyped up the decision and how great it is. The fact that he is still regarded to be the best of the group when guys like Bobby Witt have had such success is an honor for Adley Rutschman. They should not have taken Adley Rutschman. It is pretty clear here that Bobby Witt would have been a better answer for the Orioles. Brandon, shortstop Jorge Mateo goes 0 for 6 in the game. The only player, I believe, one of the only two players in this game to go 0 for 6 and not get on base. The only thing that makes him different from G-Man Choi is the fact that he had two throwing errors, both in the sixth inning. Bobby Witt doesn't have that happen. This is a different game if you replace Bobby Witt with Jorge Mateo. They were wrong to take Adley Rutschman. Yeah, but they still won. Don't hey, don't hate on Jorge Mateo, LJ. He's got eleven stolen bases this year. Right, come on now, six oh nine OPS. That's like kind of close to league average this year. Like poor man, Julio, Julio Rodriguez. His OPS might be higher than Julio Rodriguez's. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, no shot. So yeah, Orioles win. Um, other interesting results. Uh, LJ, the Red Sox pick yeah. up another win. They're kind of um, on a roll here. Go over to Boston. This is a uh, this is a fun time. Um, of course, you know. So Brandon decides to go and defend Wabi Way yesterday. He's like, "Oh, Wabi Way is not that bad. Look at the strikeouts." Wabi Way says, "Hold my beer." He goes and allows four earned runs to the Red Sox. It's a 4-3 ball game through um, eight 
and then or four two ball game through eight. The Red Sox let one on and gets a little close only to have Jackie Bradley Jr. send in the extra insurance runs on a three runner. But the real story in this game is how they got those first four runs. Brandon, bottom of the third. This story keeps getting better and better and better. Trevor Story hits a grand slam to left field, scores all of those runs. Are you ready to put him into your team of the week yet? This I mean, now- the the just based on the RBIs he has, I I feel like I have to right. This guy has now six runs, eleven RBIs, and four home runs in two games. That's that's like double what anyone else any other second baseman is going to have this week. He had the quickest turnaround from being. Like under a 100 OPS plus, he's now has a higher OPS plus than he did last season with Colorado. <laughs> it's this is an amazing, this is an amazing week he's having, and you know it's just it. He looks so much better. He looks so much more confident. More so, I want to say the team looks more confident. Like this is the loosest that they've played in a very long time, and part of that is the fact that Kiki Hernandez is finally getting a back to being a little hotter you know we're we're talking i mean granted we're talking and celebrating a 188 batting average but you know it's improvement it's a step up and i firmly believe we never we never doubted the talent on this team like this is almost the exact same team that went to the alcs last year they lost two big hitters granted but they shouldn't those two hitters shouldn't have accounted for this much change that we've seen this to start this year the big change comes with Kike Hernandez. He's the spark plug to this entire thing. If he's loose, if he's having fun, this team has fun. And when have you seen a Red Sox team that's not having fun that's uh, actually producing? Because I, I certainly haven't. Last year's group was having a ball. 18 was having a ball. 13 was having a ball. I mean, I'm just I'm listing off things right now. But, like, you got what I mean? Like, he was such a dynamic personality for that group last year that I think him struggling, him being frustrated at the plate, has a lot to do with what's going on here. Well, certainly a nice win, and um, the Mariners, they dropped to 17-23. and 23. Red Sox, 17-22. and 22. Um, Seattle has just, like, were they in the top 10 for both of our power rankings one week? Yeah, they had to be. I don't have that. And now up. they're fourth in the NL West or AL West. Excuse yes, me. they were. They would have been top ten right after they beat Houston. Yeah, LJ, ten and sixteen versus teams under or uh, greater than five hundred. Uh, sure, they played a tough schedule. Not a lot of teams have played twenty six games against teams uh, better than five hundred. But uh, Houston and LA are both really good this year that being the angels so yeah they, they've they've done it you know we were talking about this team not being a complete complete team i mean they still have ways to go i mean at this rate they'll probably have rafael devers playing third base by the end of next year that'll go a long way towards making them a contender but either way this team is desperate for bullpen help this this bullpen is worse than i really thought it was at any point in time having watched it now like they're just bad. 
I don't, I don't think there's much other way to put it other than they're just not good at throwing the ball and getting into the catcher's glove. Mills on the Mariners. Mills on the Mariners was not good. Mills no longer on the Mariners. Yeah. Um, and then past that, I, I stand by the fact that when this team when this team gets to a c- contending level, oh. only, three, only three of the rotation players will be there. LJ, we've got the benches emptying in Yankees White Sox oh, right oh, now. Oh. Um, I'm not sure what's going on. Jose Abreu holding back Tim Anderson. I know earlier in the game, Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson had some choice words, but that's all it was. And now there's just a bunch of standing around. I don't even see Tony Larusa. Where where the hell is he? Um, Tim Anderson. Letting his players get hit, isn't that what he does? I don't know if we hit. No, because Josh Donaldson was hitting. So unless they no. hit Donaldson. No, he's going to let Tim Anderson get physically punched. Oh, yeah. Hit. Yeah. I, 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 I want to know what happened. I wonder if Donaldson got hit by a pitch. And then, um, all I, Aaron Judge and Liam Hendricks are laughing at each other. So, so. I've got um, I've got latest on I, – I typed Tim Anderson into Twitter, and I have latest um, – some of the words from these clear Yankees fans, I probably cannot say on this show. Um, one that uh, seems like I should probably quote, uh, why Tim Anderson acting like Donald Donaldson punched him in the face and over it already. Um, I have no clue. This like this is making me. Uh... Oh, Josh Donaldson's now drawing with Tony Larusa. Oh my God, this is great. Why is there no video up on? Twitter yet. This is unbelievable. Donaldson was just like yelling at Tony LaRusso. <laughs> Tony LaRusso just ran on? behind the umpire to hide. What is going on? Why is he hiding? Ah, buddy. I need, I need to end more. All right. So Josh Donaldson's still up at the plate. I want to know what happened. And the bullpens, as Michael K just said, yeah, all the bullpen guys are just standing in center field, not sure if they should go back or not. They can't figure out whether it's an actual fight or not? Well, no. Like, there's there, there's no more fight, but there's just people everywhere. There's just players standing all around the field. And what is wrong with Twitter these days? Like, you used to be able to get something in five seconds. Yeah, now it's just people just saying crazy stuff, just insane stuff. What, oh, what if you go on the that uh, baseball community thing that we're in? Um, oh, baseball, uh, baseball worldwide. worldwide. Everyone join that. If, you, if you're listening, join yeah. the baseball worldwide community on Twitter. It's a good group of people, and I feel like if you go into a community, you actually just want to talk about the teams and actually talk about baseball or talk with other people. Like, it's not just people tweeting to start fights, not people tweeting just for the sake of tweeting. Like there's good conversation to be found there, um, and it's and it's I can't find wanting, I give up, but um, it's, it's it's everyone wanting to like interact with each other and um, you know, be uh, you know, be very very friendly, give give their opinions, but there's it's certainly not toxic whatsoever. There's a a lot of people in that group to certainly join that. Um, but wasn't there prior beef here? 
<laughs> like earlier in the game, yeah, they had like a few choice words for each other as they were running off the field. But no, I thought there was something more. There could be something more at least. Yeah, last it? weekend series in Chicago, they also had choice words if they don't like each other. I mean, yeah, and it also very well could stem back. Brandon, don't forget this is this is only his first year out of Minnesota. Yeah. There was plenty of time between the two of them beforehand. And, yeah, not only is this his first year out of Minnesota, but Tim Anderson gets on base a lot. He's rounding those bases quite regularly. So it wouldn't be surprising if that's a thing. But before we get into anything else, just a reminder, tomorrow definitely check out the show. We are going to have Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast on he's going to talk about some stuff we got um what do i have on the schedule definitely both of the mets pitchers we'll talk about we'll talk about bryce harper how ronald acuna got back so quick and particularly what exactly went on with this whole chris paddock mets uh twins thing where the mets end up running away because of something in his physical and then weeks later they got to feel like absolute kings right as he goes and uh has to get Tommy John. They, sh- they aren't celebrating the fact that he had Tommy John, but the fact that they weren't the ones who fell for trading for him. Well, yeah, and it's not just about him him getting hurt because, of course, it it sucks that he got yeah. hurt. Like, but he hadn't been pitching that good to start the year, anyways. Um, it would this never, he's never been that good. <laughs> yeah, like LJ, he. He had a few good starts in 2019, right? Or actually, like, a good 2019 when he was 23 with the Padres. And that's when the Padres were still really bad, remember? The Padres were not a good team in 2019. No. 2020 comes around. He treads water. It's a weird season. 2021, he gets worse and is hurt. And 2022... Still under a 100 ERA plus, you're talking, um, even with a 4.03 ERA. So, well, I mean, that's and that's mostly on him, too. I mean, this is like there's fixable parts of his game that just aren't there. I mean, you can't be a two walk per game guy for your career and expect to be an ace, yeah. Like, that's just you're setting yourself up for failure. That's really ultimately it's the control has been where we've always kind of felt uncomfortable with Chris Paddock, uneasy with Chris Paddock. I believe last time we had the Friars on the Farm guys on, they said the exact same thing, that really when it comes down to it, he's going to break out when he finds the control. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of the Padres, though, their game versus the Giants last night, I had the pleasure of watching the last few innings of this. Um, extremely entertaining game. Uh, LJ, I have come to the conclusion that watching two NL West teams play each other leads to some of the best baseball, in my opinion, for inter-division matchups. NL West is very good. NL West equals serotonin. Yeah. And the Padres and Giants certainly show us that last night. San Diego takes a 4-3 to three lead after uh, three innings. Um, Darren Ruff then ties it up in the fifth, his second homer of the night. Uh, the Padres take a two-run lead heading into the bottom of the ninth. They call on Luis Garcia 
not the Luis Garcia on the Astros, not the Luis Garcia on the Nationals, but relief pitcher Luis Garcia for the Padres. This sounds like a very similar conversation I had with my dad last night about porters in basketball. We all thought, both of us thought of a different one, and it was the completely wrong porter. <laughs> That's great. Well, Otto, Michael, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I thought time. Kevin, he thought Michael, it was Otto. Not a good time. <laughs> well, uh, Luis Garcia, relief pitcher, um, he blows the save, allows two runs to score. Um, what, what, what even happened here? I was, I was just sh- shocked. Yeah. Mikey Yaz had an infield single. Yes. Darren Ruff walked. They pinch hit Jock Peterson. He walked. And then Wilmer Flores had this like bloop hit right over Hassan Kim's head um, to score both runs. Um, and then we headed to extras where Manny Machado said, no, I'm going to be the MVP this year. Uh, first batter of the top of the 10th just rips a double deep into the gap, easily scores uh, Jake Cronenworth. Jerickson Profar then hits a ball off of Camilo Doval's foot. Uh, it goes into the outfield. They score another run. They bring on uh, Robert Suarez to get, the, to get the save. He allows the Manfred runner to score, but they were up two. He gets out of the inning. Padres win, improved to 25 and 14. Uh, the Giants 22 and 16. Can we go back to this uh, potential fisticuffs or near fisticuffs? Yeah, sure. Because I I've now watched the video. I I hate people. So what? So what actually happened? All right. I, so I let, all right. So basically, what happened is I'm not sure what started it. All I know is. Um, Yasmani Grandal and Josh Donaldson got into an argument and it got heated and they were in each other's faces. That's how this started. You wouldn't be able to tell that from the rest of this fight because as soon as the other players showed up, Tim Anderson turned it into his problem and started going after Donaldson. Yasmani Grandal is like not a part of not a part of the equation for the rest of this video. For the rest of the situation, he's just not he's not there. It's all Tim Anderson being held back and pulled away from Josh Donaldson. This is just, this is comical. Look, are these possibly two of the more unlikable players in baseball? Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Donaldson. Like, uh, LJ, I certainly had some choice words for Josh Donaldson last last season. Yeah, I'm not going to blame you for like supporting him because, I mean, again, I you can support guys that aren't very likable on their on your team. I mean, look at Trevor's story. I wouldn't say I necessarily like him, but game recognizes game. I'm going to respect him. Um, it's just, but like, again, Tim Anderson, there's nothing nothing about his game, nothing about his outward persona that screams likable to me. It screams like I'm. that's the type of guy I want to root for. And then Josh Donaldson's just a whiny little brat half the time. So... Honestly, I'm, I'm I'm taking out all stuff from Minnesota. He's done absolutely nothing since he's been a Yankee in the negative. But overall, I'm just I'm not surprised that it's these two. And I genuinely I'd like to I mean I'm taking Josh Donaldson's side here because like Tim Anderson had no business in this, but I really don't care that much. I don't care enough to actually get pick a side. Well, LJ to wrap up the show, I just want to let everyone know one 
thing. Looked at the Twitter account Would It Dong, um, which shows you know would um, a certain home runs would they be home runs in other ballparks? LJ DJ LeMahieu's grand slam. Would you like to hear the stats on this? Exit velocity, 96 miles an hour. Okay. Launch angle, 33 degrees. Okay. Projected distance, 341 feet. Okay. This would have been a home run at Yankee Stadium and nowhere else. Wonderful. Little League Park. Little League Park. I just can't believe, as as one of the few Red Sox fans that defends Yankee Stadium as not being that bad, the one TikTok on our TikTok, you should go check it out at MLB Daily Pod. The one TikTok that's really blown up for us is the one of me throwing shade at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> it has almost 10,000 views. No, it's I, great. Um, you know, LJ, but what, what the Yankees should stop doing is we have to stop pushing the, the, the fences back when – the other teams hit it's just not fair like you know we have to push the fences back 50 feet when the away team hits and then we pull them in for when we hit it's just it's not fair you know honestly why has why hasn't a team thought of that though because no one would notice if you did not like 15 feet but like a little bit in old time baseball lj like 1920s supposedly i remember doing like a research project in middle school or something about just like weird stuff in old baseball the giants used to whenever they play like the yankees or a really good team this is the new york giants at that point they would push the fences back like 10 15 feet so like making it harder on their batters too but you know you're facing like Gehrig and ruth so you might as well just like, hey, like as long as they're not hitting a home run, um, they'd also yeah, I mean, well, go ahead. Walk, they would like put a lot of water on the outfield grass to slow the ball down. Like this is stuff that they would actually do, and they just didn't get caught back then. It it, it amazes me how much they probably got away with, like just even outside of playing games. That if we found out today, if if a player did that today, it would just be uproar. Oh, it would be absolutely ridiculous. With that being said, the first thing that came to my mind when you said that pushing the fences back against guys like Ruth and Gehrig is Baltimore. Baltimore moved their fences back a couple of years ago, and it just makes so much more oh, this sense. This year. This season. This year? Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Gosh, the time's fine. Um, either way, it makes more sense because you know what? You're not, a, you're not that good a power hitting team. You're better off if if your competitive advantage is, all right, we're better with more outfield space, then give yourself more outfield space. It's not like they're like, again, there is this is equally affecting both teams, and you're allowed to have the home field advantage of making the shape of your park basically be whatever the heck you want it to be. That's one of the great things about baseball is that you can adjust like that. But it's not unrealistic to see it. I hope I don't accidentally start a major controversy here by saying this. Like, I spark some person's idea who eventually goes to work for the Red Sox. But the bullpens are removable in Boston. So, theoretically... What? 
where are you going to put them? I'm not taking the bullpen out of the stadium. I'm saying if the bullpens are already removable, you could easily redesign the bullpen so you could like have a little bit of a piece that goes into the rest of it, and you could like take a couple inches off the bullpen when your team's bat, the other team's batting, or take like a foot or two off, and no one would notice. Like legitimately, I, I still think like if you kept moving the fence back and forth, no one would notice. Yeah. How could you? How could you tell? You wouldn't be able to. It's also not worth that much work, but that's beside the point. Well, I think that's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and we will see you. Have a good one. See you manana.